game. Who cares? Whatever it was, it wasn't important. But you know what is important? The show? Exactly. That I say this. Welcome to Game Boys, a podcast about video games. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Lux. And I am one of the 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 Codic Crusaders. And we're gonna rewrite this story. Uh oh. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to actually put my name on here now that I said that. <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, and that was a weird guy. I'm Griffin. That guy over there is weird. Uh, I don't like him. I don't know who he is, how he got in here. Um, I am one of the Bobby Kodak accusers, and I'm here to take Bobby down. And of course, we're joined by the shadowy, dark puppet master behind our own podcast, Haley. You you do a triumphant for dark shadowy <laughs> puppet master. Yeah, I mean honestly, that's what dark shadow puppet masters get. They they work it. They work the system so that they get cheered and 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 lauded without anyone knowing that they're secretly pulling the strings. Royal trumpets. Yeah, I mean you know like people play trumpets for like Littlefinger, Game of Thrones. Sure. For your grand viziers, for your Jafars. And let me tell you, folks, when it comes to our producer, there's nothing little about her fingers. <laughs> okay. Um, that's something you're legally allowed to say. Um, but yeah, welcome to the show. We're talking about a lot of stuff today. It's almost Thanksgiving, so we're going to do a little bit of that. But we did want to... Was there specific Bobby Kotick news you wanted to get into? Because I love the letter thing. That's the thing that's been well, on my mind lately. Let, let's get straight to the letter. Okay. So if those of you who've been following the Blizzard thing remember, uh, I think it's Kathleen Townsend, Catherine Townsend, uh, a woman named uh, Mrs. Townsend from from Blizzard, put out a letter that was basically like, this isn't who we are, this doesn't represent our our values or our culture and a bunch of other stuff like that. Uh, Bobby Kotick then referred to this letter as tone deaf and and, and sort of dis- dismissed the letter. It has since been revealed that Bobby Kotick wrote the letter and made the lady send it. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> really, apparently, I talked to Forrest about this, apparently this is like somewhat standard practice. The part where it deviates yes. from standard practice is the part where he was like, and it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the sort of remarkable element of it. Right, yeah, you, you gotta think that like people like the underlings are the ones that get their heads chopped off or blamed for stuff all the time because people figure that they're not there's not enough name ID for it to be career ruining in the same way or whatever that's how they rationalize it yeah um, well in this case I think it was like that Townsend was like the only high ranking woman at Blizzard so the whole thing was right. that like getting a lady's voice in here is going to make a big difference but it turned out that <laughs> she didn't write it it was written by the same awful dude and then he threw her under the bus instantly <laughs> Yeah, that's that's pretty great. He should have gone in like really deep on the letter and been like, what the what? Who would even who yeah, would say what, that? What kind of sentence is this? This is garbage. Oh, OK, did anybody even spell check this? <laughs> Run this through Grammarly, please, because this is dog shit. Um, I'm sorry, but whoever wrote this had a fifth grade education. <laughs> it just like really goes fucking ham. Never, no one ever find out it was me. Just oh. burning himself. Yeah, that's that's just awesome in every way because it's like it's this whole era of like this like slobby, pathetic man that's like in power and has a lot of like weird um I, I don't know, just like weird sex shit with people, but then like in the actual work environment, he's equally pathetic. Like, like yeah. he's just like pathetic everywhere. Oh, totally. And there's also a really fun sort of like, what's a good way to put it? Like sort of silly, silly is a little bit light, but just like there's this very classic kind of uh, guy who doesn't think things are wrong until he gets in trouble for it vibe going on. Like very like mm-hmm. a, there's a I, I hate to be a guy who quotes South Park. But there's like a South Park episode where they're in like detention and Carbon's like, I feel so bad. And Kyle's like, you only feel bad because you got caught. You don't actually feel guilty of the things you did. And Carbon's like, yeah, that's what I said. Um, and like that's sort of like what Bobby Kotick is doing is sort of like, I don't actually regret any things I've done. I'm just mad that people are mad at me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know. I'd also like to say just sort of it, it's always funny to me when they're like, this is not our company culture. And it's like, listen, our company culture is about making 3D models of Ronald Reagan. That's what we need to get back to doing, <laughs> not focusing on all this other shit. Yeah. Well, it's like 
It's funny. <laughs> I always find those things to be very funny because like, you're like, this is not our company culture. And it's like, it's a pervasive behavior happening at your company. It sounds like it's your company culture. Like, even if it's not the culture you want, it is the culture you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like such a like backwards lie, like especially in this case, right? Like one person being rude or like being shitty or like even being aggr- like sexually aggressive or even harassing people. It's like, OK, it's a one off thing. That's not our company culture. Like, da, 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 da. like we shouldn't have enabled it, whatever. But when it's like stories and stories and stories and the entire thing is about how pervasive this is you can't just say it's not your culture like that's not like it's an unreasonable claim to make but what you can do if you work at activision and you see somewhere else um sexual harassment happen you can call that out and say my culture is not your costume and you can cancel them. <laughs> That's true. You can cancel other uh, people who do horrible things at work uh, uh, for cultural appropriation. <laughs> you can say, that's not yours. Yeah, no, that's, 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 this behavior belongs to Blizzard Activision. <laughs> um, but but funnily enough, it does not. Um, because there, one of the greatest things about this week has been other big companies sort of like talking shit on Activision. Like Sony came out a couple of days ago and was like, this is being handled like a mess. And then today on my desk, Sony's being sued for gender discrimination. <laughs> so it's just, it's just so great. Yeah, it's Nintendo, just like every- Nintendo came yeah. out. I'm, I'm scared for Nintendo right now because Nintendo did a thing where like Doug Bowser emailed everyone and was like, the stuff that's happening at Blizzard is very bad. We never want that to happen here. It sucked. It's awful. It's morally reprehensible. And it's like... Oh no! I don't want there to mm-hmm. be Nintendo leaks. They're like the only people I still have faith in, like on the planet Earth. You know, for me, you gotta, you gotta, like in the, in the same way that like when you see someone in the real life that's like always on, like too on, you know, there's a darkness there. And in that same way, when you see something like Nintendo, that's always bright and beautiful and on and giving you that pure, you know, you know, there's some darkness happening behind there. You know, you know, these, you know, fucking Luigi's Mansion three was paved in blood. You got to think so, right? Like, especially like the number of hits that they put out and the regularity with which they're putting out these like pretty well-reviewed good games it's like either there is a business model for video game development that works and is cool which seems at this point to be like extremely mythic or like we just haven't heard about why nintendo is awful yet Mm -hmm. yeah and i think a lot of that's because it's not english it's a completely different language and there's not going to be like major a major Japanese video game journal website that's going to like make it to the States in a meaningful way. Also, it is also arguably possible that in Japan, they actually do have a a work culture that's a little bit less built around fucked up nonsense than the U S so it's conceivable that maybe things are less fucked up just because it's not here. Also, they could be equally fucked up because people are awful everywhere, but like there are significant variables that make it a little distinct, but there's also Nintendo USA, which is in the U S and that's who Doug Bowser emailed. And that's what I'm worried about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, my last thought, I guess, on the current Codex saga or oh wait, there's one last thing I got to mention because they are they are, you know, they are getting their act together um, with this recent update today from the company um, that Activision is creating uh, a workplace responsibility committee um for the company now this is going to do this is going to be huge um basically uh the committee will require management to develop key performance indicators and or other means to measure progress and ensure accountability the chief executive officer bobby kodak will provide frequent progress reports to the committee which will regularly brief the full board so he's literally created a committee that he gives the findings to and then they talk to the board like i'm obviously more of a like pro soviet union guy than most people are but that's some real like end of the soviet era like peak soviet bullshit nonsense where there's like a board of investigators who are led by the guy who is most being investigated and he gets to decide what the rules are like Mm -hmm. That's I mean, it's also like NCAA stuff. Um, That's trial by troll. Yeah, it is trial by troll. It's just great. Um, So seems like that's all taken care of now. 
Yeah. Well, seems like they're going to be fine. Now that Bobby Kotick is in charge of making sure that nobody acts like Bobby Kotick, everything should be okay. Well, here's my last thought, I guess, on the, on the big picture here is that as we see basically every single video game company have these scandals and have these Me Too moments, we're also seeing sort of like the next era of Me Too, where early in Me Too stuff, the second you got Me Tooed, you stepped down, you fu- you were fired, blah, blah, blah. But now we're in like the second generation of Me Too where people like get Me Tooed and they don't even quit. Yeah. And, and, and that's like, to me, the the big difference of this of this next era as we see it spread everywhere and every company has one is that it's like what is it going to take for any of these guys to like step down or be fired turns out it's going to take a lot more than all of your employees walking out of the company other ceos telling you you should quit um and you being the direct perpetrator of the harassment uh it's like what so what's the what is the what is the detail what is the layer that makes you actually quit i mean like criminal charges like that's the thing yeah. right is that like the one thing with the with the contemporary uh uh like me too framework is that like Me Too's the first iteration of Me Too happened before like the answer to any time you get yelled at online was to double down. Uh, but now we are firmly in the double down era. And mm-hmm. so like people are like this there's this person sexual harassment, there's a culture sexual harassment, whatever, and people are just like and the people in charge are like, yep, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. What do we and so it's 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 instead of so it's it's the double down era. So yeah, I mean, I just uh, it's just interesting. And by interesting, I mean, bleak. But, you know, yeah, hopefully, very, hopefully very Bobby bleak. Kodak has some 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 servants with chains around him. One is all I can hope for. Uh, only one dares to dream. Um, but, you know, Lux, what else should we talk about? As you know, I've I've been operating at a very high capacity. Well, why don't we talk about. The 55 games you've been playing, the one game I've been playing, then we'll hit the ad and then we can do our things gaming uh, time. I'll, I'll do it. I'll lay it. Folks, I'm I'm firing on all cylinders. I have the holiday cheer in me. And by holiday cheer, I mean that time of the year where everything starts to slow down and you get more and more gaps in your life to play a fuck ton of video games. It's now when the weather changes, my body instinctively, the gaming pheromone starts, you know, puffing out of my pores and, and the adrenaline is slicking through my veins. I am playing Final Fantasy XIV online. I've been playing a shit ton of Halo Infinite multiplayer. I'm playing the new Pokemon Shining Pearl. I'm getting back into Dark Souls Remastered and in, in, uh, leading up to Elden Ring. Um, and there was another one that I forgot. You're playing the Final um, Fantasy VII Battle Royale. I've played Final Fantasy VII Battle Royale on mobile. And of course, you know I'm still dropping into Warzone in, 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 you know, in preparation for... December 8th's new Warzone map. So I just, when I say it all out loud, and it may sound crazy, and that's because it is. Yeah, you're gaming wild. I mean, look, here's the thing. I'm only playing one game with the occasional I'll dip into Slay the Spire to, like, burn some time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm playing it a lot. Um, but you're really, you're really diversifying the old portfolio. Oh yeah, I mean, I always have, but you know, it's it, this last week or two, it's it's really been a lot of different moods. Because you know, Final Fantasy fourteen, I play here on the at the controls room in the booth. But then you know, if you're editing all day and then you're playing that game all day, you're in this booth for so long, you need to transition. Then you get the switch, you go on the couch, you start playing the Pokemon game, and so I guess that's where I'll start. The Pokemon game. Pretty good. I got Shining Pearl. You could also get Brilliant Diamond, but I, you know, the Pearl called to me. Um, and uh, you said no thanks when I told you about this game. Yeah. Counterpoint. What if it's not very good? <laughs> okay. Well, tell me more. Um, I just think that like they did a lot of stuff, like quality of life and aesthetic stuff with Let's Go, with Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu. And I didn't love those games because they were like even more childish up the childish things, but there were very good mechanical developments in those games. And they looked better. There was a lot mm-hmm. of easier quality of life stuff. There was like being able to see the Pokemon before you have to fight them was super helpful. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. 
Um, having your Pokemon walk around behind you is fun. It's nice. Like, I mean, that's that's the number one thing. Yeah, and that's all. Like, what? No, that's in there. You the Pokemon walk around behind you? Oh yeah. I maybe that comes. Maybe I just like bailed on too fast. I just think they're calling mad about not having that. Uh, you you do have to unlock it, but it's possible. Okay. Well, then scratch that one off the list. But the other shit still applies. Um, yeah. You get like the useful QOL skills a lot, like a lot later. It's supposed to be really early. You mm-hmm. like it doesn't look as good. Um, you can't see that the Pokemon is random grass encounters, and like I don't hate all of that, but it goes back to the thing that you and I talk about every time we talk about Pokemon, which is like a real admin refusal to evolve. Now, I've yeah. read some stuff that's sort of like, look, this game is like the game they're making is a game that is designed to be this kind of game. And it's for people who like this kind of game and it's for children, mostly. And, and like adults who play it are playing a game that is fun for everyone, but designed for kids and all the stuff they put in it is with that in mind. That's fine. I just think that like, this one really does feel like they didn't change really much of anything except for like just plussing it up for the switch. Like even even a uh, sword and shield, which we've complained about, like has a little bit more juice to it and a little bit more more excitement to it. And I just didn't totally didn't find Brilliant Diamond, which is the one that I am playing uh, to be. Maybe that's your problem. You're not on Pearl. Maybe the problem yeah. is Brilliant Diamond sucks and Ben Johnny Pearl is really good. You got to um, take the Pearl pill. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You're, yeah, maybe I just need to get Pearl pills. But like. I mean, frankly, I'll probably get around to playing it because I'll probably finish in Megami Tensei 5 and be like, I got to keep yeah. collecting stuff. Right. Um, so I'll probably get around mm. to it eventually. But I like started it, played it a little bit over the past week and just like, it just like didn't do it for me, man. I, I'm excited for Arceus still. Well, here, well hold but, on. Let, let, me, let, me, let me make some cases for you then. Right, make because, some cases for me, I, dog. I, I do think it's unfair to compare uh, Pearl and Diamond to Sword and Shield because Sword and Shield is... An original game. This is a remaster by a third party company to just put out a game that came out in 2006 and have it look good on the Switch. And if those are the goals, then I think it's definitely like achieving those goals. Right, well, that's why um, that's why the Let's Go games are more of, I think, the meaningful comp. Right. Yeah, sure. Um, but, you know, and I and I do think I actually like the animation of Let's Go maybe even a little bit more than this like chibi style, which I like and it looks good. Uh, but, you know, I personally am enjoying this one for a few reasons. One, I just need something like this in my rotation right now. Like I need sure. something that is insanely familiar to the point that I'm like brainlessly doing it almost but like it's like a pleasant brainless experience i need that to it but also it's one of the pokemon games i never played i didn't actually i don't think ever get on the ds train i think i was psp pilled at the time um so i never i never checked this one out so it feels like a like oh like a forgotten one that i that i missed um that is the grand lore for me because i also was not a ds guy so like yeah, there is a sense of newness to it that I'm excited about. I think what's frustrating to me is that like, is is that idea that like Pokemon just like feels stuck, you know? Totally, totally, yeah. And I, and, and you know, I think that like the lens which I look at Arceus will be like, oh, like what are they doing to make Pokemon relevant still? Whereas I'm like, oh, this game isn't going to be relevant, but it's like a game that I missed out on playing. Sure. And I, and I view it like that. I think that's um, I think that's fair. And and I should maybe be a little bit more generous with it uh, in that respect. And, and you know, I love my monkey. I'm, I have the fire monkey, and you he's got cute. Um, and uh, I, I just, uh, I just like looking at the world in that simplified state. And it's almost like Sword and Shield tries to bite off a little bit more and looks like shit. And it's like I'd almost respect Sword and Shield more if it had stayed in that state it's like go big or or just do the one thing that you can do competently i don't know a lot of feelings about that one it's a comfort food for me that one's really great um i want to talk about the final fantasy mobile battle royale okay cool. that's what i wanted you to talk about uh so it's actually pretty fun i'm a little confused so far i've only played it for about an hour um but it is pvevp <laughs> which is uh like a phrase i haven't seen go around that much yet but basically you know what it means like there's a mixture of pve encounters fighting like the computer and player encounters um you get to choose 
up to, I think, five different classes that you can load in with. Um, and it's kind of like Fortnite without building. I don't know. It's it's weird. I've heard Fortnite as the main comp in terms of its style. Um, yeah. The PvEVP element is the thing that I'm most curious about because I think that's like the spiciest kind of like wrinkle of the Battle Royale formula that I can sort of imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like the idea that you get both, that you're both like fighting against a bunch of these, uh, a bunch of these enemies and, and, you know, all these like dragons and bombs and creatures. Right. Uh, but then there's also yeah. some guys. Yeah. And, and, and I have to say like, um, I don't like, you know, we we're, we're real gamers. We're not mobile gamers, but it is. It, it's funny. Like I haven't played a game on my phone in like how long? How long has it been for you? I mean, I mean, since it's we bizarre. did the Simpsons game, and like it just totally like it's just weird. I don't. I don't know if it's the fact that I that I don't ever play games anymore, and I haven't seen how mobile games have like progressed. But it just doesn't feel right on a phone, and it just makes me wonder why this wasn't on the computer and as well. That was the next question I had for you. Was like. How does this work being a game on a phone? Because it feels like the kind of game where you'd want a big screen and things happening all around. See, this is sort of my I'm playing it update. And I kind of wanted to, like, give it more time still because I I, I feel like I am so shocked by playing a mobile game on my phone again that I don't want to have, like, an unfair or, like, you know inaccurate description of like how good it is on mobile devices. Um, but right now I am having trouble with it because I'm just like not used to it. I'm stressed out that it's going to kill my phone. I'm like, look up and I'm like, have 5% battery or something. Like, I don't know. It seems like if they're going through this much effort, then like, why, why couldn't, why did it have to be mobile only? Is there just a big audience they're missing? Like it's, yeah. I mean, maybe it's that, uh, I mean, mobile battle Royale playing, like whether or not you and I like are into it. It's huge. It's like a huge huge. thing. Um, you're right. Possible. They're just like tapping into that audience, right? Like there's so many people who play Fortnite on their phone or play like apex on their phone or whatever. Yeah. Um, um, that ain't us because we're legit, but like those people do exist. But anyways, it's called The First Soldier. It is somehow related to Final Fantasy VII, which I'm still trying to figure out. Well, it's the, um, it's the prequel where all the soldiers in the soldier program are off doing soldier stuff. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, you know, I'm I, I you know, I'm less familiar with Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, and I'm a I'm a real story freak, so that's all right. Are, but you know, that's fun. But I wanted to move on and talk about what's really fun, and that's on the computer, and that's Halo Infinite Baby. Uh, I've been playing a lot more of it. I've been very excited for the campaign after playing the multiplayer. They just really get why Halo was fun originally and how to just like make that an online thing again. Uh, The matches have been really, really fun. Uh, You do have to kind of work with your team to really succeed. Uh, It's a real hard game to just kind of solo through. Um, And yeah, it's just been super fun. Uh, There's a lot of lot of quality of life issues with the online though and the biggest one is uh friends and adding your friends to the party the thing that should be the easiest and like first thing you do with an online game make the multiplayer friends experience easy not hard well i think this is this speaks to something that actually i was talking about with a friend in terms of tabletop games which is that like increasingly games are being designed for you to play in order to make friends as opposed to the thing you do with your friends. Um, Mm. And so the focus is less on how do we make a good game for you and your bros to bro down with and more how do we make a good game for a bunch of strangers to have a good time. Um, Mm. I'm not saying I think that's good. I much prefer to just play a game with my buds, but I think it's it's a very real part of the thing. But also it's like, Listen, streamers play your game as well. Streamers want to group up with other streamers and play together. Like there's all sorts of good reasons to like make it a good process to make it like not like bottom the list. And to add a friend in this is like, I don't know if I feel stupid. Maybe someone knows the right way to do it. I've been looking it up online. You you have to you can you can't add a friend. You have to find friends through Steam or Discord. But to do that, 
You then have to go into each of those individual apps and do a friend request to that person in those apps to then be able to invite them through Steam or Discord. And then once they're in your fire team, then you can't add them to your friends list from there. So this process has to occur every single time you want to group up with your friends. Uh, and, and it's <laughs> yeah, just like fucking awful. It's like, how is this? This uh, I, even as I'm saying it now, I feel stupid, like I'm missing the obvious button in the top right corner or something. But I've looked it up online and I've they, I've played with uh, eight different people and none of us have been able to figure it out. Um, and that's wild. That's fucking wild. Yeah, that is. That seems so weird for a multiplayer game, because like you said, I mean, like, especially it's less weird to me with games like hate with Fortnite or apex or something like that because those are games that were created during a generational time when playing games with strangers is a bonding mechanism in a lot of ways but like halo is like the fucking yeah 10 friends in a basement land party link up your xboxes all play on the couch game of all time like that's right that's what halo was it's like what it contributed to the culture it's like what the whole vibe is and so to not make that like kind of a core component of the experience it's like who is this for because everyone who anyone who's young enough to to be like i play games with strangers online because that's how i make my buds like Mm -hmm. was not around really when halo was huge um and has only lived through halo being kind of a garbo franchise and people who were around when halo was sweet are all like i played this for 13 hours at my friend derek's birthday party uh in his basement uh while his stepdad got drunk and fell asleep like yes. that's that's the demo. And so it's very it is very weird to me that that isn't the isn't if not the at least a primary focus of the game. Yeah. So uh, aside from that gripe, though, the games have been really, really fun so far. Um, a lot of quality of life issues in terms of not being able to, like, choose what types of game modes you want to play. You just have to kind of quick queue into like big maps, small maps or ranked. And you don't get to choose what game mode happens. Um, And and so sometimes you can play the same game mode a little too many times. Um, But, you know, this is all still feels very early access. You know, I mean, the real game hasn't even come out till December 8th. And the ultimate core of the game is great and reminds me of old Halo. Um, And yeah, it's just very, very promising for this campaign. I mean, if the campaign feels this good and has some cool shit in it, then yeah, it'll be worth playing on Game Pass for sure. All right. Well, that's good to know. And then any Final Fantasy 14 updates? I know you're almost done with the... I'm fucking crushing that, dude. I, I, I'm i following a Twitter account called This Many Days Till Endwalker. Uh, I have like nine days now and I still have to get through, I think, about 30 hours. I think So I think I can do it. Damn, you have nine days to get through thirty hours. That seems that that feels like given your given your rate of play, pretty pretty doable. I feel pretty accomplished at this point. There was a lot of times where I didn't think I was going to make it, and I still might not, you know. But uh, it's just been an incredible experience. I'm in this story that has been built after like what feels like seasons and seasons of a TV show from the previous expansions and it's all just culminating into yeah like my favorite jrpg of all time uh i'm obsessed with all these characters i it's like i always see people who are big fans of something like of of games and i and i'm never like that level where they're like they're like on the forums and like making fan art and everything like that I'm there now. I'm like looking at like fan art forums and I'm just like into all of it. I just I I, I don't think I've had this experience since Kingdom Hearts um, and it's very powerful and I'm going to get a poster. Hell yeah. You're getting a poster. Yeah, it's it's finally <laughs> happening. It's, it's it's I'm getting a big poster to put somewhere because I just that's how much it means to me. I don't know. It's just, it, you know, we talk about games on this for so many years and so many games are fun and scratch certain itches. But like so few games uh, are magic. Yeah. No, I mean, and this yeah. I still haven't gotten into it, but I got to say everyone I know who plays it has nothing but like the most positive shit in the world to say about this game. So like, I mean, you're, you're doing it. You're living the dream of playing like a truly magical gaming experience. And I think it has just the built in advantage over other JRPGs of like being like, we just have way more time. 
Yeah. You care about these characters because we have the time to spend an entire arc with them. We have the time to do this, this, and this so that when that character does die or make the wrong choice or something, it just matters way fucking more. And that's just, they just have this uh, advantage that way. And it's like, no other kind of Final Fantasy game has that advantage of just like, oh, this is a story built on hundreds of hours. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, so now that we've done that, I, I I I can't talk anymore. You say something. Okay. Yeah. Well, you had a lot to. You had a lot. You had a lot of. You've been playing a lot. You had to recap a lot of experiences that you've lived through. I'll throw my gaming experience out there really quick. I've just been continuing to burn through SMT five um, on my solo yes. run outside the stream. Um, and it just keeps getting better. Um, it has also, I mean, also interested last time, right? All of, all of the functions, all the engines are all fucking roaring at full speed. Um, I'm increasingly in love with the, like Mitama adjustability that came with the DLC because like right now, for instance, I like accidentally got kind of over leveled. So I've just like turned them off. So mm. I can't get the super speed leveling and I'll get back to normal level rate eventually as I like grind through the game. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I was missing in the earlier one, earlier part was that there weren't as many of the weird puzzles, like weird dungeon puzzles you had to figure out, like how to get around like a strange area. Um, uh-huh. I'm happy to inform you those are fucking they're back, baby. Um, I'm in a dungeon right now where wind blows from random doors uh, and blows you around the dungeon. You have to sort of figure out where it will blow you to and use that to get around, which is a fun little <laughs> space puzzle. And they are just keep throwing out more and more super weird, cool guys more and more super interesting fusion combos and things you can get. Nice. Um, they keep adding other like little wrinkles are kind of fun. Like I've discovered that throughout the game are these like fr- stone, like frozen stone versions of big demons that we all know and love. Um, mm. And you can like siphon their power off. So you can go find these like huge statues of a frozen demon. And then you like siphon their power and all your demons go up one level. Um, Did you say you siphon them off? Yeah. You siphon the power off of them. Okay. You suck it out with stand by by standing near them and pressing A. Um, <laughs> and there's like a, there's a big range of this kind of stuff. Though, like, I just had a boss that was like, I tried to fight the boss. She clowned me, stupid. Um, mm-hmm. And then I was like, I could either level this or I can like try and figure out the trick here. And I found like a little guy, and he was like, I know how to beat the lady. And like I got the trick from him, then we had to go do all these little puzzles and side quests to like uh. to like beat this lady by undoing her special power. Um, yeah, and so stuff like that is just really fun. I want to be that guy, the guy who gives advice on how to beat ladies. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> that's fair. Someone's got to do it. Uh, at least when someone they're... has to give that advice if if they're if they're a boss. Yeah, well, today it's a it's a one of my favorite little guys. It's the Decarabia, the like evil starfish. Um, mm. And so I was happy yeah. to see him pop up. Is this easier or harder than Persona 5? E- I'd say that if I didn't have the Mitama shit going, probably definitely harder. Okay. Um, Persona 5 dungeons are, like, fairly easy. The only hard thing about them is sort of, like, resource management. Resource management. And then, like, ultimately, you can get to a boss and not realize, like, how strong they are. Yeah, but that's I mean, that's the SMT kind of math always is, like, you're all, like unless you're way over leveled, you're going to hit a boss and you're going unless you're either really over leveled or extremely lucky, you're going to hit a boss. You're going to get absolutely hammered. But right. in that fight, you will find out what the boss is weak to, what kind of damage they do. And yeah. then you die, you load, you go back to your save point, you reorganize your team. Um, and you ba- or fuse some new guys, you get some right. new essences, and then you go back and fight them. Um, and that's sort of where I'm at with this game right now, sort of is that kind of phase. And it's so fun and it's so good. Um, and even being a little bit over leveled, it's still challenging because there are like sufficient side quests that are like higher than your level. Like I just finished beating uh, the various rider fiends from Nocturne. The last couple of those like whipped my ass until I like could figure out the exact way to beat them. So even though I was over leveled for the core game loop, I was like still getting some really challenging boss fights in. That's so cool. Yeah, I mean it's definitely on my docket. It probably after Pokemon. Yeah, we'll um, we'll, we'll switch. Yeah, yeah, we'll swap. Yeah, and, and, and you'll get and you'll buy Shining Pearl. Uh, yeah, and I'll try try I'll try to get Pearl Pill because uh, a Diamond's just not doing it for me. We'll probably try. I'll I'll play Diamond more, but yes. You're in the diamond dumps. I kind of am in the diamond dumps, frankly. <laughs> um, and now we're going to talk about what we're thankful for this gaming year. But let's take a quick break so that we can have a place for Hitler to cut the show and put an ad in. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Welcome back and happy Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. 
Happy Thanksgiving to you too, Logs. Yeah, That's happy, so nice of you to say. Happy Thanksgiving, Griffin. Happy Thanksgiving to the listeners. Um, and so for Thanksgiving, we thought we would... I mean, we're, we're pushing the end of the episode because we spent a long time talking about all the games we've been playing. But uh, we thought we might talk about some things that we're thankful for this gaming year. Yeah. Um, especially after last week where all we did was talk about how much all the games suck. Um, <laughs> it seems like we should do something positive. Um, mm, so wait, wait, is this our game of the year list as well? No, this can be no, more abstract than just specific games. Yeah. I mean, some of can be specific games, but it can be, you know, whatever you want, whatever's feeling good. Right. Well, at first, I'd like to say that this entire tradition of Thanksgiving is colonialist. It's built on blood. Uh, and, you know, th- the Nintendo cartridges, the original Game Boys, they were they were not brought here of their own volition. Yeah. It, I mean, look, the history is a little unclear, but like it does appear as though pilgrims came, uh, tricked the natives into letting them play on their games and then killed them and took the systems. Um, Did not return and broke their controllers, broke controllers, borrowed their copy of San Andreas and never returned it. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, look, it's, History is, you know, a foggy cloud, but that does appear to be the case. But, you know, we're aware of that. We're just trying to get into the the sort of positive elements of Thanksgiving by talking about the things that we've enjoyed uh, throughout this year. I'll start with one, which is I am glad I'm thankful for AAA video game glitches. Yes. Um, They have made this year so much more fun, whether it's. Uh, the end of last year, uh, Cyberpunk that trickled over into this year, or it's the GTA thing, or it's even I've been seeing some funny glitch stuff with Pokemon games. Um, it's really making it makes a lot. It's it's fun that not everything is perfect and it lets you kind of look at and enjoy these very unique moments in games that, you know, game. A lot of times the unique moments in games are are pretty rare because there's so many similar games that exist in every category. But glitches, each one is its own special shining snowflake, and it's been a real joy I, to experience those. And as a cyberpunk defender, I I, I agree. Um, and it was like a big part of why cyberpunk was so fun. Yeah, I mean, it seems like there's a big, big like s- like scale where it's like we either want content to be like really, really good or really, really bad. And the most offensive thing is to like be in the middle, to be forgettable. Yeah, um, it is uh, what our friend Forrest would refer to as the absolute value of experience. That's what counts, whether it's very good or very bad. As long as it's very, there's something there. <laughs> that's, a, that's an excellent, excellent way of describing it. Yeah, because like, you know. I would say that the majority of content and like YouTube people and stuff I watch online is terrible, is just the worst, just the worst people making the worst content. Um, But I'm addicted to that crap, man. And it's like I wouldn't be addicted to like someone who's just fine. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, look, you're talking to someone who watches fast food reviews and shit for fun. Um. And yeah, that shit is only fun because it's a it's a catastrophe. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, yeah, like uh, I feel like glitches for gamers is just like that's just content, you know, that like so much of that is just great content for these content creators. Yeah. Well, I think it's um, I think it's also sort of has the, the sort of juice of. Uh, like watching a shitty movie with your friends, right? Like there is something to watching uh, something that has the potential to be sort of great or huge or big uh, kind of eat shit in a fun way. And, and I think there is like there is certain things, though, that where it's like a glitch game can make glitches that are funny, but also just like make a game like really unplayable. Um, and I and I think there's like definitely a balance to that. For instance, like the Battlefield, the new Battlefield game that came out is like almost unplayable because of like how glitchy and bad it is. And I think that's like actually really hurting it. Um, and, and like, I just feel like people call cyberpunk unplayable and it's like, it's not unplayable. It's just like a car just shoots off into the moon sometimes. Yeah. I mean, every once in a while, look, <laughs> you'll fall through the floor into a dumpster and you can't get out, but then you just yeah. load. Yeah. That's, and that's beautiful. So I guess if you can load and reload out of glitches, then I think that's a fun experience. Yeah. I'm I, thankful for that. I agree. I'm thankful for that. What do you got? What's your hmm. first thankful thing? You know what? Uh, not, not 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 a take that I haven't brandished on this podcast before. You know what, Lux? I'm thankful for microtransactions. <laughs> I'm thankful for battle passes. 
I'm thankful for those freaks, those big whales with their big bank accounts who spend like $90 on like a bikini skin or something like that. And you know what that all that money does? It makes the game free for gamers like me. The fact that I am playing Halo Infinite, a brand new game that looks incredible and plays incredible for zero dollars is an insane thing and i do not think it is remarked on enough and i don't think we step back enough and realize that five to eight years ago we would have all paid around 65 dollars for that experience yeah no i do think that i'm i'm iffy on the microtransactions part of this but i think this broader structure you're talking about these free-to-play games are enabled by people spending way more money than seems reasonable on these games um, and that like floating the rest of the community, it's hard to say that that's like a bad thing, right? Like it means a lot of people get to play a lot of fun games. I think that that extremely does rule. Um, even if those aren't the kind of games that I like to play, it's dope that like you and some of our friends get to enjoy that as much as they want on like basically on the dime of like weird kids who whose parents give them a million dollars or whatever. Right. I, I would also say like, yeah, obviously that stuff can go into dangerous territory. Like if they make the game not fun or rewarding because the only cool stuff comes from buying then yeah like that can that can be frustrating too but there's there's a balance to all this stuff and right now it's incredibly well balanced for me the consumer and i applaud i applaud the big choice to make halo multiplayer free and i'm excited for all the other free games that i'm going to be playing in 2022 all right. Yeah, that's I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful that you have that in your life. I'm thankful that other people have that. I love it. Um, I wish it was the kind of thing that I liked, but it's dope that it's out there. Um, my thankful thing that is next is that I'm thankful, even though it's not going to pay off for, I don't know, two years. Uh, I'm thankful that finally there is a, a committed relationship to continue bringing Falcom games, i.e. those Trails games that I love, the East games, etc., to America translated on a regular basis going forward. That They're translating the back catalog, that all the new ones that are going to come out are going to be translated fairly quickly and sort of are built for that. I'm very mm-hmm. excited about that because it's been, it's brand, a real hassle uh, in a lot of ways to be a fan of those games and to want to play all of them and to have to have Forrest hack a PSTV or to have to wait eight months to get the next one and and stuff like that. And I'm excited and it is it is it is a little bit of a bummer because it means that I can't steal sort of the fan translations and get them quicker. But it means that we'll be getting better translations. It means we'll be getting better ports. It means that we'll be getting them faster. Um, and as just like a I mean, I love JRPGs. Obviously, I love the Square Enix stuff. Um, obviously the Atlas stuff, but, uh, this is sort of a more niche company and it's good to see that they're kind of getting up into the, into the fields of the big boys. And hopefully that means more sort of smaller, popular in Japan, less popular in the U S companies will get that treatment too. And more and more sort of weird JRPGs will start to, to matriculate into our game stops and our babbages. Yes. All the empty storage sheds around the country known as GameStop. Yeah. Well, I guess I mean the website, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, that's, that's very exciting to me because it's like a, it's a new frontier. It's a, you know, JRPGs are, have always sort of been like the weirdos genre du jour. Um, and now we can figure out what kind of freaks they are behind the scenes. Yeah, exactly. Now, well, and now all the freaks can come out because like there are definitely freaks out there who are like, oh, I'd love to play this, but it's a lot of work to get the fan translation of blah, blah, blah. But now those freaks are going to well, have I was it. talking about I, I was talking about the sexual harassment freaks. Oh, yeah, we'll get that too now that this stuff's translated. Um, yeah, no, when the, when the games are translated, they'll also translate all of the HR reports and then we'll learn mm-hmm. the real truth. Well, if you're a real gamer and you're not reading the HR reports... I don't know. You're not. You're not. You're not gaming responsibly. Yeah, you're gaming uh, with no sense of ethical, ethical uh, sort of need. You're you're an immoral gamer, and you will be put on trial by, by fire. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just making it really clear. No, it's good that you're doing that because um, I, I just don't know which trials go when. So it's good that someone does. Uh, you know, um, so uh, Lux. Yep. What am I thankful for? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely thankful. This is kind of a two-parter, but I, I'm thankful that 
I have a PS5 that I've experienced the future of gaming, which is dual sense, and that I've been able to experience that ahead of most of the gaming community. I feel I feel grateful, humble, uh, and you know, I feel um lucky to have had that experience. Um, and that's all due to my diehard small but passionate audience at Shoe Room. Yeah. Very thankful for everyone there and all the times from Rowdy to everybody down the list, Char Char and everybody. Um, we got Rowdy. Know, we got Char Char. We got Squid. We got We got Squid. We got Oh, we got There's, Squid. These are also uh Pixel Goblins folks, so I'm thankful for them as well. Um, yeah. you got the whole ass the whole ass crew. Uh, it's a uh, it's nice, you know, because, you know, my uh, when I was in the pandemic, I was streaming like seven nights a week and I had this really uh, like this, you know, this semi um, growing audience. And then I had to go back to work and I wasn't able to stream as much. And honestly, you can only be a real streamer if you stream like fucking five or six days a week. And that's like a full-time life occupation. You can't really do anything else. Um, and that's not really what I wanted to do, but I still do come on and stream sometimes. And just to like have all the core people still pop in and say hi, still say what's up, still want to hang out and chill for a video game stream. That kind of shit has been meaningful and has been a big part of my gaming journey. And it seems like it'll be a big part for uh, a long time to come. Yeah. And um, yeah, like I said, those same a lot of those same people have been helping make Pixel Goblins into a thing. Um, and I'm very grateful to them for that because there is it is sort of a joy to to throw on the game and know that a couple of weirdos are going to pop in and say hi as we get through various RPGs. And that's been super great. So shouts out to all of them. Um, also thankful, I'll say, for the homie Forest, both for starting the Pixel Goblin stream, but more specifically in this case, for being the reason why I have a PS5 and yeah, the reason I mean, why I had an infinity of weird old JRPGs to play because he hacked that PS TV. Because um, yeah. really that has been the defining, especially 2021, but really the whole pandemic for me has been defined by like access to those things as far as gaming goes. So shouts out to that guy. We love him. He's got a red shirt. Yeah. And, and, and I don't think we are grateful enough, Lux, for like sort of the mind hysteria that we'd be in right now if we still didn't have PS5s. Oh, yeah. Like, can you could you imagine like a year after release? And us still be hunting for them. And if we were still okay. doing a gaming podcast in that setting and we were like talking about PS5 updates, we didn't have one. We'd just be driving ourselves I insane. I don't think we would have made it. Yeah. We, I literally. I, we probably would have gone crazy. I don't think we would have made it. And you know what? Maybe maybe that's how we should have gone down. Maybe. You know? But then, you know, someone else will get us one day. It's fine. <laughs> like, there's no. It's, it's just. It, it is wild. Like, I remember wanting the PS5 when it first came out. And being hysterical, like my mind breaking, just thinking and refreshing pages all times of day forever. It consumed my whole life. And I, I really can't imagine having to have that sort of walking curse. It was like I was hollowed, like from Dark Souls. Like I was just an undead. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, someone uh, lit an ember and restored my humanity. Got you that bonfire. And then now I got a PS5 and I couldn't be I couldn't be more grateful. I think we can wrap this up with probably the 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 well, I think it's probably the last one, which is obviously grateful for the show. Grateful doing the show with you, bud. Grateful to Haley for making our show sound like not pure dog ass all the time. Only the episodes, Make it, only the episodes that I edit. Turning it from inaudible to audible. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, grateful for her listening it is very silly that uh, hundreds to even sometimes upwards of a thousand people listen to us talk about stupid video games every week. Um, and it's very cool and weird to me. And it's crazy. It's been going on for as long as it has. But we're grateful to all of you guys for listening and making it possible and for letting us get sponsorships from like anchor.fm so we can make a tiny amount of money off of doing this. Yeah. And, um, you know, this is something that should have never existed and should have stopped a long time ago. But I was talking to a few people who had cops in my stream and said they enjoyed an episode, which always shocks me. Um, and, you know, I they asked I was talking out loud. I was wondering, like, you know, why do I still do this thing? Like, why do I do this at all? 
you know, it's it's annoying. It's not good. It's it sucks. Right. It's bad. It's like we wanted. And, we started to have an excuse to hang out when you moved, but it's like we could also just hang yeah. out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like we started this and this is like the main time that we do hang out because we're both so busy now. Um, but and, you know, like podcasts shouldn't exist at all. But, you know, I was like, why do I still do it? You know, and I think it's because I do feel like sometimes on this show I reach a higher gaming truth. <laughs> When we talk about games together, yeah. something that I couldn't possibly have fully articulated on my own. And I think that I am a better and more thoughtful gamer and art appreciator uh, because of our conversations on the show. I think that is 100 percent true. I definitely don't think I think about games in a lot less dumb, purely Lux indulgent ways than I would otherwise and that is a hundred percent because of this show so thank you guys for listening for giving us a reason to keep doing it thank you griffin for continuing to do it with me and again thank you Haley, for making it so that the people who do listen aren't suffering yeah, horribly I'm, I'm grateful for Haley. <laughs> yeah, thank Haley you so much Haley. Haley number one with a bullet um but i think that'll do it for us this week uh it's and the, 420 and the tip of that bullet is named bobby kodak yeah the other thing that gets us <laughs> huge um it's right it's 420 it's a perfect time to wrap up a podcast uh for my time anyway um so i will just say uh since we're grateful for you if you want to be grateful to us you can support all of us by going to see Haley on youtube and instagram at eat every sound you can find griffin on twitter and tiktok at griffin p davis and also on twitch.tv slash chumaroom me, you can find on Twitter at Tailboy, that's T-A-I-L underscore B-O-I. And uh, I stream with Forrest, the Pixel Goblin Show, every Thursday at 8.30 p.m. Central Time. Although this week we'll be doing it Wednesday, which is the day this episode comes out. So if you hear this, make sure to tune in at 8.30 uh, Wednesday time, or Central Time and on we're, Wednesday. We're putting that link in the bio too, right? Like, yeah, like, I, should be, I should be putting the Twitch links in the bio. I'll put them in the next time. Yeah, put them, yeah, put them, just copy, we'll, put a, we'll copy paste them all in each time. Yeah, I'll copy and paste them in so they actually hyperlink instead of just saying the letters. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. Fun episode. We're excited to do Game of the Year shit and stuff after as things go on. But for this oh, week, oh, be yeah. grateful, have fun, and uh, play some damn games. Be grateful. <laughs> be humble. <laughs> be humble. <laughs> be. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, you got to finish it. I'm not going to stop recording until you finish it. Be best. <laughs>